Morning. As you uh, as you make your way back to your seat with that tasty cup of coffee, I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for meeting with us this morning. I thank you that you've come to this place ahead of us. I thank you that you have something that you want to say into each person's heart who's sitting here this morning or who's standing here on this stage too. God, we trust you have a plan for each of our lives today as we consider following after you. And God, in the midst of the challenges of life, we know that you're present and that you work all things together for the good of those who love you. And so, Lord, we lift up Dave and Erica this morning and their baby as they go through trials and challenges there in that hospital. God, I pray that your hand would be upon them. I pray that you would carry them through this time and teach them the things that you have to teach them. Teach us the things you have to teach us. But above all, God, we pray in your will, if it's your will that uh, they would come through this challenge safely and with health. God, we again, we... We look to what you have to say from us, to us from your word. Um, God, I pray you would you'd speak past me this morning. Um, don't let me get in the way of what you have to say into lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, again, welcome. I'm Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at the Firehouse Church. Um, I don't know how your weekend has been so far. Uh, but I'm glad you're sitting here with us this morning. Mine's been a little interesting. Uh, we have uh, engaged in uh, some training with our, our youngest child, uh, training him to use the bathroom, to put it politely. Uh, so things have been a little bit crazy. Uh, if you see his number <laughs> flash up on the screen, you'll, you'll know what, you won't know what his number is. I'm not sure I'll know what his number is. but uh, that, So that's where I'm coming from today. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully that's not distracting. Uh, we're kicking off a series here for a few weeks. We're going to be talking about discipleship. You can see it's called Marks of a Disciple. Um, and there's really several questions we need to ask and answer when it comes to discipleship. What is discipleship? Why are we concerned about discipleship? How can I be a disciple? How can you be a disciple? How do I make disciples? Probably a lot more questions we can come up with. I thought it would be appropriate here as we kick this off to sort of look up what, uh, what the internet says the definition of discipleship is. Right, That's always a good place to look. And it says this. It says, a disciple is one who embraces and assists in spreading the teachings of another. And so in our case, we talk about being a disciple of Jesus. And so being a disciple of Jesus is embracing and spreading the good news about him. So we need to start, before we ask any of those other questions, maybe the first question I think we need to ask, and maybe some of you are asking this question, maybe some of you aren't asking this question, but you need a refresher, and that question is, where do I start in becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ? I've been reading a really interesting book, I actually finished reading a book, which for those of you who know me is actually kind of a big deal, because i basically read nothing, but I just resolved this year, maybe it's a New Year's resolution or just a conviction, uh, to read a little more, and so I, I was given this book uh, 
for, uh, for Christmas. I read it. It's called Dreams and Visions. It's by a man named Tom Doyle, um, who is a missionary of sorts uh, to the Muslim world, to Muslim countries. And in this book, he tells the story, the stories of a number of Muslims who within the past five to ten years have come to follow Jesus Christ. And they've done this in part because they've experienced dreams or visions where Jesus Christ comes to them and reveals himself to them in some way. And see, dreams and visions are very important for Muslims uh, as part of the the faith there. Um, And in addition, a lot of us don't realize this, that, that Jesus himself is actually a revered prophet in the Quran. And so this power of these dreams and these visions that they have spurs them on not to just be believers, but it spurs them on to be disciples. And see, they are answering a call. And likewise for us, that's where discipleship starts. It starts with a call. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, uh, it says this, you're familiar with the story It's very short. Jesus saw a man called Matthew, who happened to be the person who was writing this book. Jesus saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. See, lest we think that was a fluke that he just walked up and said, hey, follow me. We see elsewhere that Jesus did exactly the same thing with some other guys, Peter Andrew, James, and John. It was just two simple words. Follow me. It was descriptive, not by inclusion, but by exclusion. I'll tell you what I mean by that. What's excluded when Jesus calls us to follow him? Well, the first thing that's excluded is prerequisites. Now, some of you get our our weekly, uh, weekly newsletter called The Siren. Uh, others of you actually read the weekly newsletter that we call The Siren. Uh, If you'd like to be signed up for that, I'll just put in a pitch for it. You can tell me. You can fill out on those connect cards. There's a little box that says, I'd like to sign up for The Siren. You can do that. You can send me an email, greg at denverfirehouse.com. We'd love to be able to communicate with you and let you know what's going on every week. But uh, part of that, we send out a thought from the Word each week. Um, I don't know if, is that called a blog? I don't know enough about blogging to know if that's what it is. But I wrote about that a couple weeks ago. The idea that there are no prerequisites to the call Jesus places on our lives. What do I mean? There's no qualifiers. There's no limitations. Jesus doesn't say to Matthew, hey, do this first and then follow me. Right? Have you ever heard that? I don't know where I heard this, if it was when I lived in the south or what. He said, you don't need to take a shower before you take a bath. Have you ever heard that? That's what I think of. Jesus didn't say, hey, go get yourself clean and then follow me. Go take a shower before you take a bath. There's no prerequisites. He just said, follow me. Another thing that's excluded when Jesus calls us is this idea of of that call feeding our flesh, making us happy, giving us what we want, right? Jesus did not ask, hey, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't say, what do you want? What do you need? Let me help you first. He said, no, follow me. In the same time, it wasn't follow me so that I can do something, right? Jesus wasn't offering something with that. Now, 
He did offer things. So he goes along, but that was not the call. The call was simply to follow. Right? Later you might say, oh, but I, I seem to remember he called those the fishermen. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's true. But and is a conjunction. He didn't say, follow me so that I can make you fishers of men. He said, follow me. And I will do this, right? There's a difference there. He was not bargaining with these disciples. Another thing that's excluded from the call to follow Jesus is belief alone. Being a disciple is not belief alone. Yes, I know the creed. It's by faith alone, grace alone, so on and so on, right? But see, Matthew didn't say, I believe, and still sit there at his tax booth, right? What did he do? He got up and followed. It wouldn't have been complete if he'd sat there in that booth. He believed and he obeyed. And I would even suggest he probably believed more, or he obeyed more than he believed. He probably didn't understand what he was fully getting himself into. But Jesus called and he answered. Some might say, surely Matthew must have known Jesus beforehand. Who gets up and follows somebody? Who leaves their job and follows him? But you know what? The text that we have is silent about whether Matthew knew this guy or not. And it's recorded in a couple other Gospels too. And it's the same story. We have no evidence that Matthew knew Jesus beforehand. And so why is that important? It's because the call is not to a knowledge. The call is to follow a person. The person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the person who is compelling enough to call us, to command us into discipleship. And again, mere belief is excluded here. You can't just believe to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus calls you to be a laborer, not just a Christian. See, being a Christian is not the same as being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And this is really a big problem for us here in America. Right? I know we all say it's kind of a new thing. We say, oh, we don't want to be consumer Christians. I'm not a consumer. Oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this or do that. Or sometimes we talk about being a cafeteria Christian where we take this thing from here and this thing from here. But it's a big problem here in America. Because we've been, we've been trained as a Christian culture to think, I go to church to get something. Jesus has called me to come to get something as opposed to part of being something, as opposed to part of following him. That's why we do this. I've heard it said that uh, this could be called Christian atheism. The idea that I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm not actually going to follow anything that Jesus said. I'm not going to actually do what he said to do. At some point, that's atheism. You can say you're a Christian, but you're doing it. We remember from the book of James, faith without works is what? dead. That's right. See, again, Jesus wasn't looking for just believers. He was looking for disciples. Matthew, later on in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, Jesus is talking to these disciples and he says this. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See, the harvest is not ours. It's not ours. 
could breathe a sigh of relief with that. It's God's harvest. And for whatever reason, God wants us to step forward as his disciples. He wants us to be laborers. Back to that book I was talking about, Dreams and Visions. See, Jesus isn't showing himself, as this seems to be the pattern as he tells these stories, Jesus isn't showing himself to Muslims and saying, hey, here's the good news, you have a sin problem and here's God and I'm the bridge between them. He says, he seems to be saying, go find somebody who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. For some reason, God has seen fit here and we see it in the scripture and we see it in our own lives that if God would just show up and tell us, it would be easy, but he wants us to be available so that when someone comes to us and says, why do you have this hope? Why do you follow this? Who is this Jesus that we have that answer? He wants us to be more than just believers. He wants us to be his disciples because being a disciple requires more than belief. You cannot follow Jesus without these actions. It requires engagement in your life with spiritual and physical and emotional discipline. And we're going to be talking about those things in the weeks to come here. But I think it's a serious business to be a disciple of Jesus Christ because it means that we've got to go full steam ahead when we read things in the Bible where Jesus says, you want to follow me? I don't have a place to lay my head. It's not a very easy thing to follow. Other place, Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Following me should be the most important thing in your life. It's not an easy thing to follow. In another place, Jesus says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's a, a serious business. And I think there's one that's even more serious if we're going to be disciples of Jesus. It says this, go and make disciples of all nations. See, a disciple, again, is not just one who follows, but one who takes what they've learned or what they're learning, regardless of where you're at, and shares it with others who have not yet learned that same thing. Or others who have not yet developed those same habits. And that takes us back to our definition of disciple. It's one who embraces and assists in spreading the teachings of another. And so I think that leaves me with one final question for you all today. Is will you do this? Will you be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Or will you be a consumer? Will you be merely a believer? Will you be somebody who takes up that cross and follows Jesus? Somebody who hears him say, follow me. And you answer and you follow. Let's pray. God, it's just my heart that each of us here would be your disciple, Lord. As a church, we, we're not interested in putting on shows of running a movie theater where folks can come in in the morning on Sunday and, and watch a great show and then turn around and go, ha- go home and go about their lives, Lord. God, it's, it's our heart that each person who's sitting here today um, would hear that call would hear you saying, follow me. God, we want to answer. God, we do answer. I will follow. We get up and follow, and 
Lord, help us as we seek to develop habits of being disciples ourselves and as we, we seek to become disciples who make disciples who are invested heavily in the lives of others around us and of our family and our friends. God, we need you. We need you in our lives to help us in this. God, we submit ourselves to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thank you for coming this morning. I'm glad you are with us, each one of you. Uh, If I haven't met you, I'd love to meet you. Uh, If you're new and you could take a chance to fill out that Connect card, we would love to connect with you this week. Um, If you have any needs that we could meet or things we could pray for, we would love to do that. Uh, Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the Broncos game. I guess there's not a Broncos game. (laughs) Enjoy your naps in lieu of a Broncos game. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night for small group and next Sunday back for church. Thank you.